everyone. Welcome to another episode of CJ and the Duke. As always, I'm your co-host, Robert the Duke Fedoric. And I'm Corey, CJ Wesley. This episode is brought to you by me and my course, Hired, the Definitive Guide to ServiceNow Profiles that Win Jobs. Okay, Corey, what are we talking about today? What we're going to talk about today is what do you do if you find a pot of gold and you're tasked with building out your ideal ServiceNow solution? Let's say you found, you know, a long lost wallet full of Bitcoin. And you get tasked from on high to go ahead and build out your ideal service now implementation. What do you do? How do you do it? What you buy? Mm, it sounds fun. Yeah, man. I think this is going to be awesome. Yeah. And, and also, you've done all the hard work of being a good architect. You've listened to all the rest of our shows. <laughs> and definitely listened to all the rest of the shows. <laughs> and the instance is theoretically pristine. So you don't have to spend a penny of this going back and fixing anything. Exactly. Because you listen to CJ and the Duke every four, all 42 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And we got you to the promised land. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You want to kick us off? Yeah, I'll, I'll, kick, I'll kick this one off. So, you know, my first thing that I buy, the first thing that I buy, very first thing that I'd buy, and I'd make that phone call or send that email really, really quickly give me integration hub mm. and give it to me now. I want it maxed out. I want all the spokes. I want all the smoke. <laughs> I want all the processes that I can get. Look, Cause look, ServiceNow is not the only app in anyone's enterprise, right? We're surrounded by these things nowadays. Serv software as a service applications, legacy applications built on client server infrastructure and architecture that are embedded in our enterprise doing God knows what with a myriad of processes that we have, right? And that our ideal and ServiceNow once upon a time said this to be the platform of platforms, right? Mm -hmm. And our ideal is to get as much of that external information into ServiceNow as possible so that we can then use what ServiceNow is really, really good for and crunch all of those numbers into something that gives us direction. Integration Hub does that. That's why I want it. And that's why I need it now. Yeah, I think that that area of the tool is like so super mature now. And along with that maturity, the world moved in that direction with it. You know what I mean? Like, yes. There's just so many other apps that people use in an organization, so highly specialized and not on service now. And the ability to just have those integrated into your flows with Integration Hub, I almost wonder, like, how do people not use Integration? <laughs> how are they not maxing it out already? Um, Dude, right? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, because when you think about it, like, everything has a hook into it now. Right? Yeah. And is it, is it just like... The workflow sends it to that team and that team like moves to their second monitor and right. <laughs> why not just have it automated? Have the team approve, you know, is this okay that we do this? Yes. Yeah. Click the yeah, button right? and then it's done. And then you can do hundreds of them in a day instead of like dozens. I mean, look, most enterprises now nowadays are saying work out of teams, work out of Slack, work out of whatever the other equivalents to those two major services are. Mm -hmm. You know, we want you there at all times so somebody can tag you so people can get a quick answer to a question, trying to move you out of email to something that's a little bit more collaborative. Right. 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 And so imagine and we'll all pull a process out the air. Imagine knowledge management. Right. And somebody's created a knowledge base article and it needs to be approved. And then they go ahead and hit publish. And instead of you having to go to service now, 
to approve that knowledge article, it shows up in a Slack room, right, that you're attached to. And you see that knowledge article, all of it with all of its formatting, because we know that products like Slack and such can display that rich formatting, right? Mm-hmm. You see all of that data and then you can just hit approve directly on the record. Buddy, can, I ask, a, can, I, can I ask a dumb question? Yeah. <laughs> Is that what one of the one of the integration hub spokes does? Oh, is there like a Slack spoke that actually does that? So, so there is like a in your yeah. There's I mean there's definitely a Slack spoke to get to get data to get um, data records out of ServiceNow into Slack, right? And from there you can configure oh, the object. Man. You didn't know that? That's cool. <laughs> no, well I mean I'm gonna try not to feel ashamed when I say no. I didn't know that because like integrations have never really been something I spent a ton of time on, and so um, always kind of like on the radar but I haven't done a bunch of them. So I didn't really pay attention to all the integration hub spokes that they have now, just that every release, there seems to be a pile more of them. And, you know, the one thing I have seen is also that they're just easier to wield. Like if we just rewind 10 years pre-integration hub. Orchestration. Yeah, what would you have had (laughs) to do? In legacy workflow, you'd have to what? Have a script object that called an integration that you built and an integration was crafted from all those SOAP and REST messages and the authorization records. And you know what I mean? There's just like so many records. Yeah. It was a distinct skill set. Yes. Integrating. Yes. Um, (laughs) And it still is, but even more so back then. And so it seems to me integration hub is more like I could get a really good BA with flow designer chops to go in there and make something without being an integrator. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And so when I asked if you, that it was just a highlight that most people don't know, like how powerful the integration hub is and how it has become. And, and that and that's kind of where we are. We're at this position now where we are in an ecosystem full of software as a service applications that are embedded in enterprises. And mm-hmm. most of those applications have like some form of hook exposed to them. Right. And so and ServiceNow is doing their level best to build out these integration uh, hub spokes yeah. that do most of this connection for you. So they pr- parameterized it to the point where you're just putting in credentials and then you're just building out almost in plain text in some cases, what you want the thing to say at the destination endpoint. That's number one of 10 and we're nine minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> Only Absolutely. more minutes to go. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. Uh, so here's mine in line with the whole integration hub thing, but integrations in general, I would get Unify by ShareLogic. Yes, I worked for them a long time ago. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the point. Shout out, James. Happy birthday, bro. Is it his birthday? It was a couple days ago. Uh, Happy birthday, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Friend, chum, mate. (laughs) Happy 30th birthday, bud. All right. Okay. The reason I would go with Unify is kind of the same reason you would go for Integration Hub. But to me, like I see Integration Hub is inside our company. There's lots of systems and they shall be talking to each other. Awesome. But sometimes your company is the cog in the wheel, right? Sometimes you are sending tickets to somebody else's service. Like it's some other company's service and you've got to e-bond your system transaction with their systems transactions right right and so how do you exist in a multi-vendor environment and produce integrations that cannot must not fail 
and, and, and treat those as sacrosanct transactions. And to me, there's just no better answer to that than unify by share logic because it's just it's built as a factory for building super robust integrations. In the ServiceNow realm, we've tried this. It's like, okay, I'm going to build an integration, but you build it from scratch each time. Well, what if you got to build 10, yeah. 20, 50, right? And you need to have, they all have to have the same architecture. Unify is that architecture that you can put underneath all your integrations and it handles everything from retry intervals to, I mean, gosh, it's just everything you'd ever want to do. And so if you're serious about Siam models or if you just interact with a ton of vendors and you want to be able to integrate with them however you please and do that at scale with pristine, awesome solutions, Unify by Whitespace Studios is what I would be spending money on. Yeah, man, I, I, I totally agree with you on this, right? I know James as well, right? And I've got had the pleasure of seeing the product up close. And let me tell you, as a guy who does integrations and has made his living on being really good at doing integrations, if you need to do factory style integrations, there's no better product out there. If you need to connect with, with anyone else, validate those transactions, replay them occasionally, log them, ensure that there's a paper trail, Transform the data as it's coming in. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Like transform the, any data, any data from one point to another, right? Like, you know, yeah. in flight. And it's right? just, it's not a case of how would you build that so that your integration did that. It's no, anything that you can think of that an integration could need is already there and available and ready to use in Unify. It's and reportable. Yeah. Every, every part of the pipe is reportable. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's huge, right? Because integrations often don't give you a whole lot of insight into what's going on under the covers. This mm -hmm. thing is out there, man. The hood's up, right? Like the whole thing, man. You can just see everything. Engine's roaring, right? You just see that guy just... Yeah, engine's and roaring is great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I'm picturing it. All right, him with the next one, Corey. Yeah, man, because we, we can go on these things all yeah, day. No, we can, yeah. <laughs> so my next one is, is virtual agent. Let me tell you about ServiceNow's underappreciated, I don't know if you, application? Yeah, let's go with app, right? It's not quite a module. It's more like an app. Like a tab. Like, yeah, like a technology, right? It kind of, it connects into everything. It's almost a platform inside of the platform. Let me tell you why it's so freaking cool, though. The virtual agent essentially allows you to deploy self-service in a way that you've never been able to deploy it before. Mm. Right now, without virtual agent, you deploy self-service in the portal. It is still very much a, let's go search for something and see what the results are and click on this thing and start. Virtual agent has the ability for you to be much more interactive with your customer and suss out what their intention is. And then, and then take that and then create for them as they're almost thinking about it, the thing that they're looking for, right? Like, mm -hmm. so they can pop into a chat window and be like new computer, right? And then instead of it being a search for new computer objects, blah, 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 right? You can come back to them with several kind of more specific questions. Are you looking for, you know, uh, I can see from the, from your authentication profile that you're a director. Do you know that you qualify for an Apple MacBook Pro? You know what I mean? Like, this is a different level of self-service. Right. Then just typing in something in the, in the Google search box and then getting a page of, uh, of results and then hoping that your user selects the right, right one. This is a curated experience. And that's just one aspect of it. Right. Yeah. Virtual virtual agent is a great entryway for all of those integrations. We just talked about an integration up. <laughs> no doubt. And the paradox is, well, I think virtual agent is 
harder than some of our previous building blocks. If you think about what it would take, that one example you use, right, where it uses logic to give you the different options available to you. Yeah. Oh, you're a director, therefore you might get this extra offering. I like to do that in virtual agent is way easier than a traditional like catalog form. Absolutely. Assuming, assuming they would even find that catalog item form. Yeah. Like that's been, I, I think virtual agent solves so many problems because as ServiceNow is scaled into other services, it used to be, oh, it's just IT. We got 150 catalog items, right? But then what happens when you got HR and, you know, all the other things on, like it, it's not a stretch of the imagination to imagine a place with like a thousand catalog items. Yeah. And yeah. It's like, unless you've got the world's best search engines, like I'm not knocking ServiceNow search, but that's the scale of objects that you need, like a Google search in order to have really good search experiences for. I'm getting way off topic here, but I just find you can deploy virtual, uh, virtual agents much better and get people to the stuff that they want much better than just putting a catalog in front of them and saying, here, search. Yeah. Zing. Yeah, right. I, I mean, that's really what it is, right? Like, I mean, we're going to virtual agent is going to give you I'm not going to call it a human experience, but we're going to take your hand and, and walk you through this thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, instead of, you know, putting a, a search box in front of you and having you do it yourself and suss it out. And the weird thing is, I think people are more used to virtual agent type interfaces than they are catalog interfaces now. Totally agree. Like every SaaS, even those those teeny tiny like lifestyle SaaS businesses. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. that make your email like 1% more efficient or just, you know, the, you know, the kind of thing I'm talking about. Yeah, I know exactly people companies about, yeah. And that's all they'll ever be. Right? But they, they like everybody's got services like that. And each of them is powered by some kind of virtual agent-ish thing. It's more ubiquitous now than a catalog is. I'm totally with you on this one, by the way. <laughs> I'm totally with you. Yeah, man. All I mean, right. What's my next one? Yeah, what's your next oh, one, dude? Because I could go on. No, I was just gonna say I could go on for the for on on virtual agent forever. But but let, but let's. Yeah, we, what, what's yours? We gotta get Mark Wraith off on here and just have a virtual agent episode. Let's do it. Let's do it. Totally do it next time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my next one. Mobility management is like a huge thing now. It maybe always was a huge thing, but I didn't realize it until I started talking to this this company called Saycon. And it's insane. You have a, a multinational organization and they're like, we need to be able to offer our people iPhones, right? A certain class of resource must get an iPhone from the company. But if you're operating in like five different countries, each of those countries might have five or six different carriers. Yep. And each of the carriers might change the options of the stuff that they carry, uh, that they offer, like every quarter. Not might, will. Yeah. <laughs> been there there you go yeah quite taken um so you basically what you got like 25 different catalog options that change four times a year but yep. now you're talking like a hundred significant changes to your catalog offerings every year and on top of that who's actually going to do the work because the catalog item goes to the quote-unquote mobility manager and they're yep. dealing with the uh, set up a contract blah 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 and they're swivel seating like crazy it's enormous, preposterous amounts of work. And so if I had an open budget, I'd go knock on the door of whoever manages mobility solutions globally and say, am I ever going to make your day? <laughs> Let me tell you too, yeah. the hidden benefit of this as well, Duke. You could be on in Europe, right? Like you could be on a train and, and get on a train in one country and get off in the other country. And you can go from free uh, data 
to $20 a gig or something insane like that just by crossing like an arbitrary border, mm. right? Because in the UK, I mean, sorry, in, in, in EMEA, these countries all have borders and the borders, like you often get signals across them, but the intergovernmental, and I shouldn't say governmental, it's more like the, the corporate relationship kind of um, agreements, right? Which allow you to get that signal mm. also sets these really high prices for you typically. Oh, they do that for you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, for you. <laughs> so, I mean, but I, I, I came from a situation where we spent an abnormal, abnormal amount of time managing this situation to avoid like a hundred thousand pound phone bills. Yeah. Right. And it's like, not only does it deal with stuff that's like naturally super expensive, but it's also like incredibly laborious. So there's this company called Sakon, S-A-K-O-N, and they provide a, uh, a service and a product, but their product integrates with ServiceNow such that they know all the carriers and all the offerings, and they basically send updates to your ServiceNow for you. So you don't have to worry about the hundred to a thousand catalog updates you're going to have to make every every year. Right. Just to keep your mobility offerings up to speed. Isn't right. it silly too? It's like the number one, when you're doing demos of the catalog, it's like, oh, let's order an iPhone. And everybody laughs because <laughs> it's, it's still like nobody's changed the demo date. It's like the iPhone 4 you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? or an With iPod. The <laughs> That's right. That comes in black or midnight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, Saikon would be my next one. What's yours? Awesome. My next one would be something uh, relatively pedestrian, but is really, really useful. Far more useful than it gets credit for. A sandbox instance. Now, I think after saying this, I'm probably going to get a reputation as the instance guy, right? Like, because now I want two production instances. Now I want a sandbox instance, like more instances. (laughs) But seriously, like you need a sandbox instance. Like if money's no object, let me have a place where I can go play with production stuff in a non-production way so i can figure out how this stuff is going to work yep. i can figure out where where i'm going to see a lot of value right so i know what the fast track i can see what's going to be a problem so i know what to slow down Hear that. right and i can do all of that with my production processes it's not even that expensive like <laughs> talking about if money was no object man exactly right i mean that, that's the thing it's not it, yeah. it is it is really not even a um a, a, a thing, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, when you come down to it, like, especially for the value you get, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's just not, it's not super expensive. This this is almost like, this is corporate, um corporate credit card money, guys. Yeah. <laughs> this is something that you can, like somebody with a relatively lower level management title can likely put on a corporate cre- credit card and expense. That's the level we're talking about here. Like, it's obviously going to vary from contract to contract, but it's not a whole lot of cash. Yeah, and but the value, oh, the value. How often do we all spin up a de- a, a personal development instance to test out this new feature? All the time, all, all the, time. the time, and 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 mostly it doesn't have because, our data in it. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have our data in it, and it's mostly because we want to we want to see how it could possibly work in our environment, right? And so we kind of extrapolate for how from how it works in our PDI to how it might work in our environment, right? But what if you had the the ability to to spin up a PDI? with your data, with your processes, in your environment, and your right. mid-servers, so on and so forth, right? Like, it's a, it's a no-brainer. No-brainer. Hey. All right. I'm with you on that one, too. Sandbox instances are a no-brainer. Because development should be for development, but you need a place to, like, experiment 
to train on all that kind of stuff and i'm in i'm like i'm an instance guy too like i feel like for their price why not have a whole range of them for a range of different purposes i i just don't think you can go wrong for that value right so, so what's your next one duke this is going to surprise absolutely no one but vivid charts and we talked about this a lot before but basically like there's three personas in reporting there's the operators and the operators are the people that need to get work done and they maximize for what's the next most important thing for me to do and they can be satisfied with list views you put a little bit of extra elbow grease in there and you have spotlight with performance analytics so you're rated across a bunch of other metrics and they, they like generally ServiceNow does fine. Then you have analysts, which they'll use Analytics Hub, they'll use performance analytics, they'll use reporting, dashboards, and it's just to find a story. But then beyond that, when it's telling the story to the organization, what's the most ubiquitous reporting tool in the world? Friggin' PowerPoint. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, why pull that stuff all off your platform? Vivid Charts provides you all the experiences that you would expect to do all your reporting on the platform. So custom formulation, slide deck-like experiences like PowerPoint, heavily aesthetically controlled experiences like PowerPoint. So it looks like it came out of your marketing department instead of some IT department's third-party tool. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's important. And it makes a difference, especially now that we got things like CSM and the, the stakeholding party could be outside your organization for crying out loud. But you still don't want to have to do all the labor of pulling that data out of the system and making it unreliable. So I'd get vivid charts in a heartbeat. Yeah. So again, I worked at a place a long time ago um, where, you know, the data that we had in ServiceNow was amazing. But how do you format that data for executive consumption was mm -hmm. always the problem. So we had a two-step process here where I would pull this data out and provide it to my boss in the way that he wanted to see it. And then he'd take that data and then he'd step on it again, right? And provide mm -hmm. it to his bosses in the way that they wanted to see it. Imagine how much labor and how much cost went into me first pulling this data out, formatting it well, so that my boss can understand the, the bigger picture, and then him formatting it in the terms that you know the executive team wanted to see, because they're often looking for things that are less, uh, less broad, more specific, more punchy, right? Like, yeah. just get me to the point, show me the numbers, get me to the point, let's move on. I got 30 seconds for this item. And so it's it's completely different use cases. And, you know, we had to step on the data twice sometimes after we got it out of service now to get it set up for executive consumption. Doing that in Vivid Charts, not leaving the platform and being able to point and shoot and click and never leaving the platform, and I mean, is invaluable, right? Like, you save so much time and money. Mm -hmm. Better believe it. What's your next one? Fish bait. Shout out to Lombardo and, and, and the gang over at uh, Glyphas. Let me tell you about fish bait. I love fish bait. So I haven't actually used the product, but I followed the product since I first found out about it. And as an IT guy, right, who has um, done some, knows his way around security a bit and done some things around security and IT, you know, when I was back in that space, I know intrinsically how hard it is to get users to not click on things. Right. And it doesn't matter where those things are. Right. On on websites, on your intranet and your email. I mean, I'll tell you what, it is easier to get users to click on the wrong thing than it is to get them to click on the right thing. And what Fishbait does is it allows you to go ahead and, and send out these tests to your uh, user community to see who is educated and who's spotting what's broken and, and, and leaving you potentially vulnerable versus who isn't. Right. It then allows you to target 
you know, some training to those users so they can get better at, at that identification. And ultimately the goal is, and, and I'm telling you, like I've been in these situations where, you know, I've been hit by worms before I've been hit by ransomware before internally, right? Like, you know, this, this program saves you real dollars because it stops those things before they happen by weaponizing your user community as a wall against them because they're, they're the way in fish bait. That's mine. All right. My next one is a, a CJ and the Duke sponsor, Bootstrap by .walk.io. We've said it before. We'll say it again. Like we love ATF, but what's the hardest thing about ATF? Doing the data entry. And Ooh. even when they roll out the flagship customers, it'll bang the drum. ATF is so awesome. Saved our lives every day. And how long did it take them to get that all set up? Scary long. <laughs> enough, <laughs> enough for people to say, oh, oh, okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And everybody wants it. Everybody wants the push button, test everything. But getting the tests in is preposterously, ridiculously labor intensive. And then, you know, up comes DotWalk. And it's like, no, nah, let's just get an AI to look at your instance and figure out how you use it and build that stuff as a test case. Man, it's that's just, genius. It's like magic. <laughs> it's like magic. <laughs> I mean, look, this is this is totally genius, right? In IT, I think there is a preponderance of either diagnosed or undiagnosed ADD. And so, if you if you know anyone with ADD or ADHD, you the first thing that you that they'll tell you is that mundane tasks are no go. Entering repetitive rote information over and over again, no go. Can't make your brain do it. Mm. This dot walk takes that off the table. Right. Like it, 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 it's like, I'm going to be your superpower. I'm going to go look at your instance and tell you everything you need to know. All you got to do is validate it when I'm done. Brilliant. We'll leave a link in the description too. We have a, like I did an episode of Titans and now where Jared demonstrates it in the course of an interview, he sets up and runs a full ATF. It's crazy. Anyways, that's another one I get with, with no budget. All right. So my last one here is a, a one that I saw tremendous value at a former client. Uh, it's, a, it's a program called UPMX. And so UPMX, what it does is it basically gives you this enterprise architecture viewpoint into your CMDB with focus on like the CSDM and the service delivery, essentially, right? And portfolio management and application management and seeing what, where everything is deployed, what underpins it, how much is costing you in real time based on the infrastructure uh, costs that you have laid out in your instance that trickle up. Being able to give this kind of executive viewpoint right? This executive dashboard um, from a services perspective to other folks in your enterprise to make this data actionable, right? If you didn't hear any of that here, make this data actionable. Mm. That's what it does, right? It takes your CMDB and it makes it actionable and it's worth its weight in gold because of that. And it makes it actionable, not just for the architect or the product owner and the folks who are in service now day in and day out, it makes it actionable for the other folks in your enterprise, the decision makers. You think they come on the show? We could probably get them on the show. We should probably do that. We should get them on the show. <laughs> I got another one. My next one is Discovery Admin. And this has been on the store for quite a while. It's from a long time. It's actually from another Titan, Shivra Vakari. And there's a reason why I don't do discovery work, right? Like, a, it's just not the tech I'm fascinated with. But B, I do discovery work. Yeah. So you must know yeah. that it generates tons of log information, right? Oh, man. A crap ton of it. Metric crap ton. But what do you do with it? Like, what do you, you know what I mean? You have to really know what you're doing. 
Like you have to have been like a really experienced discovery admin to understand what to do with all of that. Yes. And that's what discovery admin does is it basically just supercharges hard fought experiences and just tells you what to do with all of this stuff after you run it, which I think is absolutely invaluable. I agree from experience discovery logs and finding the inside of in them are what I would call like the, uh, me the metaphorical equivalent to panning a river for gold. You're going to have to sift the hell out of the thing in order to find, you know, those nuggets that point you to devices that you can then further discover or rule out or whatever the case may be. It's intensive, you know, when it comes to it. And yeah, I mean, any tool that can automate that and make those insights much easier to find, absolutely, that's valuable. That's all we have time for today, folks. Please check the description below if you'd like to check out any of the apps that we've mentioned today. If you decide to reach out to any of them, be sure to tell them that CJ and the Duke sent you. CJ and the Duke are both freelance ServiceNow consultants. If you want to talk to either of us about what we can do for your organization, Corey is at techvoyant.com and I'm at theduke.digital. Once again, links will be in the description below. Thanks for listening.